East and West with Mario and Les, with your hosts Leslie Russo and Mario Kiki. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of East and West with Mario and Les. I of course am Les and this is my co-host. Mario Kiki, how's it going Leslie? Good, how are you? I am splendid. Oh, I've been so busy, as we like to say. You're so busy. No, we've You're been just busy. so busy. <laughs> we've been so busy with the holiday season mm -hmm. upon us and Bravo TV showing us no mercy and airing episodes during Thanksgiving week. Yes. Uh, combine that with life. You know, but um, it's always nice to be missed because we went away and people are asking, where's the episode? Where's the episode? Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So y'all do notice. Thank you. Thank you very kindly. I know. Thank you for uh, that, you guys. Yeah, we, but you know, they did air episodes during Thanksgiving week. Um, and we toyed around with recording, but then after watching them, I'm like, I mean, it was kind eh. of a filler week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Week. Um, I think that that's why I think they aired them because they're like, oh, there's not really much happening this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, even Beverly Hills that week, which I usually find to be very entertaining, was a snooze. No, for sure. Um, but Beverly Hills has been. It's been up and down for me lately, but let's start mm -hmm. off with Potomac because Potomac has me head scratching uh, with exactly what we're fighting about. But overall, what do you, I mean, we we're about a like month something in. somebody's mother said. Yeah, we're about a month in Potomac and I am this is the first season in a long time where um, I feel like the cast is way too like they at this point, they just hate each other. Like, it's, yeah. It's too disconnected for me. The chemistry is falling off because, mm -hmm. you know, Giselle hates Wendy. Wendy hates Giselle. Candace hates Giselle. Mm -hmm. Robin and Karen. It's Even getting... Giselle and Robin have a little bit of a disconnect because of stuff with Juan, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, and then we also have the new uh, housewife, Neca, and we mm -hmm. start off with her. We find out that her husband does travel medicine, but that she tells us that gives us less time to have a kid. Um she picks him up at the airport. I love that she picked him up at the airport with no luggage and he was in work scrubs. I'm like, girl, know. we know this was a pickup scene. Y'all went to the airport to film this. <laughs> Filmed on an iPhone. Very clever. We tried right. it. Um, at that point, Nega takes the opportunity to remind us about the issue she's having with Dr. Wendy. Now, when this is where um, I want to be very clear that I am ignorant to other people's cultures and other people's mm -hmm. uh religious uh belief. right like, like I, tradition I, and, yes yeah. uh, this is a no offense i was very i had never heard about people doing shrines for me neither like, to like curse people which is what right. Nika is implying um <laughs> i always i mean i've that. heard of like witches i guess exactly like well, people that are you know carlton the word witch, the word witch <laughs> comes up later because Neca says that wendy's mother is the one that has a shrine and that Wendy and her mom are trying to prevent NECA from joining the group. I always say when they say the group, the group, uh -huh. I'm like, bitch, we all know you mean the show. Right. Exactly. Um, but interestingly, we find out that NECA's husband, Ike is in quote college pal of Eddie, who's Wendy's husband. Right. And so this is the first time that they're all going to be together. And we find out that Wendy's husband unfollowed Eddie on Facebook leaving NECA wondering, like, what the hell's going on? I don't even know that Facebook was still that popular to where you noticed. I mean, 
Yeah, that you're knowing who's following you and unfollowing you. I never even look at my Facebook list of friends, like ever. Exactly. To me, it really like showed them aging themselves because now they're like the older aunties that are talking about Facebook, right? Because I know my mother, my mother notices. (laughs) My mother's in her 60s. Oh, I'm sure mine does too. She will notice if this Dia unfollowed her mm-hmm. or this bitch blocked right. me. Like uh, right. Facebook drama is very mm-hmm. um, yeah. boomer, boomer coded. Um, <laughs> speaking of boomers, Robin meets up with Giselle for some drinks and gossip. Um, Robin explains that Juan's actually going to this event. Giselle then tells Robin that Juan, quote, came for her. Did you see that joke Candace made on Twitter? Because... I did, but refresh my memory. I did see it. I'm just trying to remember what it Candace was. Is, Candace is hilarious because um, they were making fun of Giselle's word choice. Okay. And they said, Juan came for me. Uh. And Candace, <laughs> Candace said, the jokes just write themselves at this point. Um, <laughs> it's so true. Very interesting word choice from a man that allegedly cheats on his wife. So, right. Listen, Imagine. I, I, used to be very attracted to Juan, but I'll never let him come for me ever because he's just very, uh, I'm not tolerating the behavior. He's not a good guy. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Well, then Juan came for Giselle with a loud voice. Giselle felt when Giselle asked questions about the rumors, about the infidelity. (laughs) Rumors, the rumors, and the nastiness. Robin makes excuses (laughs) for Juan about the volume of Juan's voice. He was not yelling people he used to be a coach so sometimes he just talks loudly mm-hmm. because robin they're then, team members exactly and then Rom's, robin says that giselle and juan they just don't have to see eye to eye it was very interesting because it felt very um like giselle was done with it you know what i mean mm-hmm. anybody else anybody else giselle would not let it go like that but that's no, why definitely not um robin admits that she should not be repeating what she's about to repeat but this is housewife so do it girl <laughs> Right. Um, she Please spills tea to wit to Giselle about Neca and Wendy. Giselle is shocked to hear that shrines are involved. <laughs> I'm with Giselle. All right. Me I too. am. Sh- I cannot wrap my round of mind to like Giselle being around Wendy. Like sh- it's confusing because they mm-hmm. all come from the same tribe. But Giselle, but when Giselle learns that Wendy's mom has a shrine and has prayed against people, she's like, I don't want nothing to do with this. No, I wouldn't either. But you know, Wendy's mom's a little strange at the whatever it was. The baptism. Yes. Or the first thing that she gave birth to those babies. Like that was a little, that was a little off putting for me. There's a lot of passion from that mother. And Mm. it was, but like I said, I'm scared. I don't want to fuck with her. Yeah, no, you're great. You're great, Wendy's mom. uh, Exactly. If you. If you want me to send you some donation, like I got I have you. enough like, on my plates. Please yeah, don't put a curse my, on me. My shrine is at capacity, so I'm good. <laughs> right. That's what I mean, y'all. No offense to anybody that tribes. I I'm just being <laughs> facetious. Speaking of mothers that are passionate, we finally mm. get an appearance of Candy Ocha's mother. <laughs> um, they discuss the cost of touring, and her mom expectedly throws a jab at Candace's husband, wonders if he's making any money. Evidently, Chris left the restaurant world to make Candace happy, but now that Candace is touring, she admits, yes, there is a double standard because now they're, she's the one spending time away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a cute little catch-up scene. You know, her, yes. Candace's mom terrifies me, but she's sometimes she's very likable. I don't know. I she is likable. Yeah, she's not... She's likable. Yeah. She's not cuckoo. Um, and then uh, they bring up Karen's event. 
uh, Candace explains that she doesn't know how she feels about seeing Robin, especially after the way she spoke about Chris. Candace knows that it's going to be awkward with Robin there. Karen and her husband show up decked out in full green, allegedly <laughs> that it's going to be a great day of fun. Uh, Karen calls out Giselle for not bringing Jason from the summer house or winter house and mm -hmm. Mia rolls up with her husband. Um, Giselle is still not talking to Candace because, quote, nothing good would ever come from speaking to her. Mm -hmm. And Candace in her confessional says, F that bitch forever. So we are starting off great. The energy yeah. is just great. Uh, Karen takes the HR approach with regards to team building. She puts Wendy and Mia on a team. Mm -hmm. She claims the best way to foster healthy relationships is to put two people that hate each other together. I added the word hate. <laughs> NECA joins Mia and Wendy, and there's just more awkwardness. But there is nothing was as awkward as seeing Robin and Juan walked in because people were just shocked that the ghost of Christmas Juan passed mm -hmm. in. You know Mia, what else was shocking? Hmm. Robin's outfit. That was a choice. I thought she borrowed an outfit from Aaron over from New York. I, it was like a leotard like it was like a 1980s <laughs> danskin leotard without any pants why it was very um and tights. maybe it was on sale or something i don't know i mean if i was going to play pickleball you wear like a tennis skirt that's weird or leggings something but she showed up ready to be she was like a single ladies reject i was like okay yeah no it was offensive yeah. to me okay it was that Carry was on. nothing Robin has maybe done some shady things, but nothing offended us more than that outfit. <laughs> that outfit. Um, it was quite yeah. the choice. Glow in the dark. Um, <laughs> so then Candace and Robin can't really recall. I think Robin, I wrote it wrong. Robin can't recall why Candace has issues with her, but mm -hmm. they just all sort of, you know, congregate and keep it together. Karen mm -hmm. makes a speech about Robin showing up. Because she knows they have issues. Juan gets up and he things get awkward. And that's when things just starts to spiral. I actually wrote a play-by-play -play because I needed to make sure that I got it right. Ashley explains that she delivered the message wrong to NECA. And NECA, or I'm sorry, and to she delivered a message wrong to NECA from Wendy. Mm -hmm. And that's when NECA and Wendy begin to pick at each other. It starts off like this. Everybody pay attention. <laughs> Wendy claims she doesn't know NECA. NECA attempts to remind Wendy that her mother submitted NECA's name to a shrine. Wendy acts surprised by this information, and even Juan skedaddled back to get on this information because he came back to the scene like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> NECA tries to clear things up. But then NECA calls Wendy a bitch, and Wendy goes off. Wendy repeats that she doesn't know NECA, and NECA promises that Wendy knows her enough to threaten her. Wendy believes that NECA came on the show to attack her deliberately, but she feels that NECA's efforts are a flop. Hmm. Wendy then explains that Ashley and NECA had a conversation about Osu, and the thing about the shrine speaks about the Osu article. They brought up the Osu article. I had never heard about this article. So yeah, Wendy, the fact that they're talking about this article, like it's some sort of viral item that right. we're viral that we don't about. Like, no, sorry, nobody girl, knows. You're yeah, you're not. You're not in the LA Times, mm -mm. like Erica Jane, honey. Sorry. <laughs> Ashley feels this was not necessary to bring up. Neca says that Wendy and her mom are only religious by day, and quote, at night she's submitting names to shrines. Uh, in a complete deflection topic, top tactic, Wendy changes gears and wants to now speak with Mia. Mm -hmm. That was so 
pathetic. I'm sorry, Wendy. Like, why did you do that? Um, the group realizes that Wendy is doing whatever she can to avoid the situation. But in the end, Wendy does try to smooth things over with Mia. Wendy wants to make sure that things are good with them. Um, it's not really, it didn't come off authentic to me at all. No. Um, NECA is not done talking about Wendy's mom and goes on to say that the shrine is actually voodoo. Right when she says voodoo, the food gets knocked <laughs> over and there's a tiny, that's why I don't play with this voodoo oh talk. God. Yep. Keep it away no. from me. I, I already lit a candle to record this episode. I am not playing. There's I no won't do there. any dark magic. No, don't bring dark that's magic. That's a good idea. Oh, I have Duchess's candle, but I don't have a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> and coincidentally, it turns out that it was Swan mm-hmm. being competitive and knocked it over right. the food. I don't know. Some spirit must have pushed Swan because I, I think so. No, my ass clenched. I started praying. <laughs> I was like, nope, don't do it. Oh, dark magic. Now, NECA is claiming she's still willing to move on with Wendy because the problem started with Wendy's family, not her. But then Mia brings up the Facebook fight. <laughs> NECA tells Mia that Wendy's husband unfollowed him on Facebook and that, or I'm sorry, yeah, Nick, NECA tells Wendy that Wendy's husband followed him on Facebook. But Eddie is like, I don't know her. Eddie claims that he just met Ike and he's now mm-hmm. activated according to Win- to Wendy. Eddie confronts Ike, and Ike just bluntly asks Eddie, why would you unfollow me on Facebook? I, listen, I have had coworkers ask me, why did you unfollow me on social media? And I said, I don't know what's more pathetic, following up with me or the fact that you noticed, like, girl, we're not that close. Like, if I don't want you on my socials, you're not on my socials. Right, exactly. But we're really fighting over Facebook. Now you guys are the old uncles fighting over Facebook. Like, this is embarrassing. At least, at least switch the TikTok fight over Twitter fight over something a little more relevant to Facebook. Nobody's on Facebook anymore. Instagram, sorry. please. Instagram yeah. fight over freaking even LinkedIn. threads. Fight <laughs> over LinkedIn pages. I don't know, but arguing over Facebook, we're all embarrassed here. Okay, like I am yeah. mortified. This is mm-hmm. not conducive to how grown men just speak to each other. I'm like, just take yeah. off your shirts and hug. I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're both gorgeous. I will. I'll, I'll watch. Oh yes, exactly. Um, NECA believes that Eddie being so quiet shows that he just wants out of the situation. But before everything wraps up, NECA just tells Wendy that her mom is a witch. So, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I will not confirm or deny my suspicions. Seeing Juan relieved that the focus is not on him is quite priceless. He mumbles, welcome to the circus, as they continue to bicker. And for once, Juan could not be more correct. This was a complete circus. Mm-hmm. It was a cute episode. I'm still feeling a little disconnected from the season. I maybe, yeah. you know what? But this happens every housewives rotation, Leslie. Like we, when Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills are as dramatic and as good as they are, mm-hmm. and they're paired with something not as exciting, like right. Potomac. It's it makes you know it. it, it uh, if Salt Lake well, City because you have in, higher expectations when something is good, and then you get annoyed when it's not as good as you want it to be so yes like atlanta last season was such a chore we didn't recap it but yeah but so far i am curious about neca i don't know how i feel about her yet um me too we'll continue to do it we'll continue until and if it gets too much or too convoluted then i'll be like pass y'all can read somebody else's recap so exactly <laughs> exactly but, oh my god name them let's dive into beverly hills let's, let's do it take, uh take, take it yeah. away it's been such 
you know, I can't believe we're like six episodes in already. Like it's crazy. I know. And last week was pretty dull. I have to say I fast forwarded through like Sutton and the horse. And I love a horse, but I was just like, I her name is Dory Leslie. Her name is Dory. <laughs> oh my I god. Dory. We love Dory. So and speaking of Dorit, uh, we start off with Dorit and Crystal, and they arrive at Kyle's house, standing around her kitchen island, catching up. Uh, and things between Dorit and Garcelle seem to be smoothed over now that Dorit has apologized, but Kyle shares that things are rocky with Sutton. Kyle thinks that Sutton has been a little off lately. And then Kyle does an amazing impersonation of Sutton oh. doing an impersonation of Erica outside of the elevator. And I did this impersonation of all of them at lunch the other day. Like my hands it, were in the air. And the side eye, like, I mean, <laughs> Kyle's a good imitator. Like she does a great she imitation. She really does. She does. Remember her Teddy walk? <laughs> oh my God. The Teddy walk was the best and spot on. So Kyle is annoyed that Sutton feels that she's defend defending her friend Erica, and Dorit understands where Kyle is coming from with Sutton. And Dorit claims that Sutton goes from zero to sixty, insinuating that Sutton is a drinker, and that she wouldn't be surprised if Sutton poured a drink in the morning. And I, I fully believe that because I feel no, like a lot sure. of the scenes we've seen her in lately, she's been like inebriated. Uh, so. Crystal's snark in the confessionals is really needed at that point. And we did laugh when she just said, just because Kyle stopped drinking yesterday doesn't mean you can suddenly have all these judgments. And it's true. That is true as well. It is I true. Mean, and I, I did appreciate the snark from Crystal, but I need Crystal and Garcelle, frankly, to stop being confessional assassins and start giving the same energy in their it, face. Right. Exactly. It's exactly. Just like, Come no, on. but they don't. They definitely they don't. don't. They and don't. I also need everybody to just like lay off Kyle about the drinking. If she doesn't want to drink, that's her choice. Exactly. Just like, leave it that? alone. I mean, whatever. So, and we'll discuss that later because they do talk about that. So uh, Sutton and Garcelle meet for dinner and Sutton orders a drink. And then she goes right into her purse and gets the grapefruit juice out. Okay. This is all I'm going to say about this and I'm not passing judgment, but. If she is carrying around this grapefruit juice in her purse and she seems to have it all the time, like why? Because she's not drinking it straight up. Like if you carry a mixer and that's my question. Now, listen, mm -hmm. we love a we love a prepared Virgo. You know, Virgos are ready. This is true. There, there has to be a productive thing you're preparing for. Like if well, being you, prepared for drinking, <laughs> being prepared for drinking is acceptable if you're going to like Vegas. But if I'm meeting you for lunch, I'm not going to carry a freaking mixer no, in my purse. I'm not going to have a mixer in my purse and I'm not going to no have No judgment. It's all airplane bottles. Yes. No, no judgment. <laughs> I used to take Heinz catch ketchup packets to Disney World because they only had like hunts, which I find disgusting. So I would actually go and get ketchup packets and stockpile them and bring them with me. I, you know, sometimes you have to carry stuff in your pocket. One time my friend Pham was putting her coat away after we were leaving the hotel <laughs> and a little packet of Nutella flies out of her pocket because she had snatched it. It was hilarious. Her husband looks over and goes, we have Nutella at home. And I just started laughing because I'm like, it's not the same. It is not the same. No. Well, I like those little Heinz ketchup packets that are like, you can either squeeze them or like they're a dip and I never see them anywhere. So when I see them, no, I will take one. You know, what's hilarious. Those my mom 
hoards those ketchup packets. And so I asked her, like, <laughs> why do you keep so much ketchup packets? And this woman says, well, you never know. We've been like, what if we have a ketchup emergency? I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. There's nothing will ever be labeled an emergency. Like, a, unless especially you put a, a ketchup emergency. Ex- yeah, like a ketchup emergency. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. Yes, we got sidetracked. So Sutton and Garcelle discuss Garcelle's movie premiere, and Sutton explains that she doesn't have much to talk about with Aria or Erica, excuse me, ever since the elevator and Magic Mike debacle. Sutton lets Garcelle know that Kyle was a bit hurtful toward her, and that when Sutton pointed out that there may be something else going on with Kyle's life, Kyle reacted. Sutton, the detective, noticed that Kyle was wearing a sapphire and diamond ring, and she wondered where Kyle got that from. Garcelle is in awe of Sutton's eye, considering the only time I noticed jewelry was after the robbery. Dorit still had hers. That's that's very shady of Garcelle to say. I didn't Um, love it. I didn't love that she said that. This is the thing. Like, I appreciate fun shade. There's fun shade. Mm -hmm. There's making fun of somebody's fashion. Her like. Listen, now what I'm about to say is shady. Dorit has endless material. Make fun of her accent. Make fun of her hair. Make fun right. of her fashion. Make fun of her, you know, make fun of the fact that she's from Connecticut. I don't uh-huh. know. But the fact that, like, when you, when we watched last season's premiere mm-hmm. or whenever it was, I'm sorry, and she was, like, right. sobbing, yeah. that did not look, like, fake. That, to imp- I don't think it was fake. I'm sorry. To imply that the only time I noticed jewelry was after the robbery, Dorit still had hers. Like, Garcelle, you would never say that to her face. Like that She would just, never. I was just exactly, thinking that. She like, would never. And that's what I'm getting at. Like, it is mean, and it was not cute, mm-hmm. whatever. This is Housewives. They all misstep. They all say it. My right. main gripe with that is you would never say that to her face. No. And, um, like, it if she did say it to her face, like she would not, she would then backpedal. Like, I don't know. It's frustrating. Of course. It's frustrating that she's a shade assassin in her freaking confessionals. And then. Right. But how is she going to back that up? And then now I feel like it'll be a point at the reunion. Like that'll be a thing where Dorit will be like, oh, you don't think. Yeah. To imply that real fake. Right. It's it's hurtful. But then to also then backpedal at the reunion, she's going to apologize. Which is exactly what she's going to do. Yeah. She's just going to be like, oh, I'm saying it for. Yeah. Either. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Either lean in completely to being shady. Yeah. Like, you know, your shady queens like Kenya and Nini. Like these Mm -hmm. are the Karen Huger. Like they will say it to your face. And right, professionals, and then they will stand firm in their politically incorrect commentary and be like, "Yeah, I, I believe your robbery was fake." Like that's the implication right. that was. Well, it's the same on Married to Med that time with like somebody oh. got robbed, whoever got robbed, and uh, somebody, and then they thought Toya was behind it, Anila. Yeah, I mean, and, but they at least all they'll say it to each other. Yeah, and they all stuck to it, and mm-hmm. they meant what they said and said what they meant. That's right. what I don't like. If you're gonna throw shade, like don't then turn around and be like oh i was just kidding. like no nah, bitch stand no. firm to what you're saying we love garcelle but garcelle that was quite the misstep whoever, yeah whoever fed you that line um yeah it wasn't give nice them a, give them a bad evaluation because that was not you <laughs> right anyway sorry and rant. anyway so we we got off subject well not off subject but we went off again so anyway sutton is confused because she feels like kyle is hiding something from her and she thought that she was kyle's friend and that's how that ends uh erica visits her manager alexis who has rejuvenated her team and erica's manager talks real with her 
Erica understands her reputation is less than flattering at this point, and her manager is hopeful that she can get Erica's career back on track. We see Garcelle and Jax having a conversation over dinner regarding their relationship. Jax tells Garcelle that he knows the demise of his parents' marriage was his dad's fault because he looked it up when he was eight years old. Jax Ugh. explains, I know, he was curious and he realized that there was infidelity. Garcelle tried her hardest to shield her sons from that part of the marriage, and now she realizes they will have to help each other grow into new phases of parenting. Okay, so let me just say this. They got divorced, um, or she found out he was cheating, whatever. She wrote a letter. I mean, yeah. an email to everybody at, what was it, CAA? whatever, where he worked. I mean, did she, she had kids at the time? I mean, I don't know. Did she think they would never find out about it? The internet is forever, man. Forever, and that's why people. it's, and listen, I fully support publicly shaming a husband that cheats on their mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, of course. But don't be like, oh, I'm so shocked that he found out. Of course he found that's out. That's what I'm saying. It's like, she had to have been preparing for this moment. It was I like will... in Variety or something. Yes. <laughs> the letter. Notwithstanding, I do appreciate Garcelle and her, like, she is a great mother. I she love, is. I love how open she is with her kids and I love that they feel safe with her. Um, but to, but like you say, to act shocked that they would find out it's like, well, you I know, know, at some point the internet is forever and she's on a very public forum. Um, so right. People are, if they didn't know this way, somebody else is going to tell her, her kids, you know? And I mean, so- and at this point, her kids are old enough to, to grasp what happened. I mean, I wouldn't tell them when they were eight necessarily, but like, she should have sat them down at some point and said, Hey, you're older now. This might happen. This so- is what happened. Right. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. So a long haired tattooed lady now graces our screen and we finally meet Morgan Wade. Kyle's new friend that she stopped. Oh. Kyle, Kyle didn't tell Mo that she was coming to the tattoo studio, but she does have Morgan there for support. And the way Kyle looks at Morgan is interesting to say the very least. And Morgan lets Kyle know that people will assume Kyle is having a midlife or a midlife crisis. That scene was um a little awkward. Not awkward, but no. Well, awkward is a good word because it's awkward because at this point, Kyle is still married. Uh-huh. It's awkward because at this point, uh, you know, you have to remember, or not you, but the audience has to remember that they're not, we know stuff in real time. Right. But when you, but when you contextualize it at what was going on then, at that time, Kyle and Mauricio hadn't announced that they were separated. No. Um, Kyle and Mauricio were still married. Mm-hmm. And so we're going into the season knowing what we know now is that they're separated. They're mm-hmm. not together. Kyle's upset. So it is awkward when you factor in the fact that, hey, girl, you have a husband and right. you're out here. Because Kyle, I had not seen her this chipper and smitten all season. There was like some chemistry and her eyes were very twinkly. Very twinkly eyes. Mm. And I'm not implying anything romantic because Mm-mm. sometimes people can be connected in of other course. circumstances. Right. But, but, but. Yeah, there is a big but. I was just like, mm, uh-huh. I have not seen she when she is such a smitten kitten. And to me, as we continue to watch this season, I feel like Kyle and Mauricio had already separated before they started filming. Oh, we, you could feel that annoyance yeah, between now the two of them. Now it's starting to 
everything's starting to come together mm -hmm. because it's uh, you can feel the change in her personality. Uh -huh. and everything, so. I know. So, and I think Morgan is very pretty actually. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of all those tattoos like on her neck, but she's yeah, very she, pretty. She is very pretty. Yeah. Anyway. So Kyle looks up to Morgan's, I don't give a fuck attitude and listens as Morgan lets Kyle know she shouldn't have to feel pressure to host things like her upcoming THC CBD dinner. Morgan states that when she got sober, she lost a lot of friends. Kyle and Morgan are like-minded, according to Kyle. They like to work out. They don't like to drink. They hold hands while Kyle gets her sixth tattoo. And Kyle even jokes about getting a lightning bolt tattoo to match Morgan's. After getting her tattoo, Kyle pops in to see Mo and acts like a teenager who just did a bad thing. Yeah, she was definitely rebelling. <laughs> I mean, she admits she has yet to read all of Mauricio's book, and she eventually tells him about her new tat. The scenes between Kyle and her friend and Kyle and Mo give off two very different vibes. And when he he kept calling her Love Bean again in this scene, Love if Bean. I, uh, love Love bean. I'm just like love look love bean. Oh, love bean. <laughs> I love bean. I I don't know if it was editing or production. I mean, it can't be editing because you can't act. You can't he edit said that. It. Yeah, I, but you can't edit that energy though. Mm -mm. Like you can't edit that type of energy, mm -mm. and it was just cringy to see. No, you could feel it. it. Oh, yeah, the arrow was feel like it. thick. It, I, you know how you hold in a fart in public? That's how I felt. It was just <laughs> terrible. Like my stomach was like, I need to fart right now. Oh or my God. Like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. Hold the fart energy. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, Sutton relies on her matchmaker and Dorit to help her find Mr. Right in the next scene. She feels like Dorit is the perfect person to help pick her date because Dorit fell in love with PK. Oh my God. How dare she? The shade of the it all. shade. Yes. And PK came after her like the next day, I think on Instagram, I forget what he said, but it was funny. Uh, after reviewing a few profiles, Sutton finally agrees upon a date with one of the alleged lucky bachelors. I uh, hope they have mixers with them. Maybe think? that guy, maybe that guy had like a, a case of ocean spray on his profile. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, maybe he's like the CEO at Ocean Spray. That would be a good person for her. That would be perfect. Um, Get your juice, girl. Right. So Kyle FaceTimes Morgan, and we learned that Kyle drew a K tattoo on Morgan's arm the day Kyle got her tattoo. We did find it strange that Kyle is hosting a THC CBD event considering she's now sober, but she claims that she's feeling peer pressured by the girls and is hoping that smoking slash eating weed will shut them all up. Now, some people quit alcohol and they become California sober and just smoke weed, which is, I think, what Gina does. Gina. Oh, Gina. On uh, OC. OC. Um, so the guests are all there. We have the morally corrupt Faye Resnick, which ah. at that point, my son, Ethan, shout out to Ethan, who's not going to listen to this, but still shout out to Ethan. He is on like season four of um, Beverly Hills right now. So I had, oh a, my God. I had a text him a screenshot of Does he, does he Faye. hate Faye? Because everybody hated Faye season three. Yes, so. he can't stand Faye. And then he, <laughs> I get a text from him the other day. Oh my God, Joyce got a, a spell cast on her. <laughs> I've never been more proud of Ethan. Oh, I, love I know I love it's so funny. Yeah, it's so fun. It's such a blessing. 
So anyway, Faye Resnick and Justin Sylvester is one of the guests. I actually love Justin. So shout out to Justin, uh, oh. followed by Anne Marie, Kyle's new friend. Anne Marie is married to an ex NFL player and Kyle loves that she too works out six to seven days a week. Sutton brings Cynthia Bailey as her guest, 50 Cent, and Crystal Hi. comes with her friend. Crystal knows Anne-Marie, kind of, and also knows that Anne-Marie is very nosy and talks a lot. My kind of girl. Yeah, exactly. It comes by us, Anne-Marie. Kyle cackles when she lets Justin and Faye know that Camille and Denise are also on their way to the dinner, and the group is shocked to see these faces resurface. Faye steers clear of Camille and changes her place at the table so she doesn't have to be across from her. Uh, the start of the dinner gets put on hold when Sutton pulls Kyle aside to discuss their recent issues. And she explains to Kyle that she was off the other day, um, slash drunk. Sutton said that she learned her ex-husband was moving to London and she was fearful she would take her son with him. But it turns out that Sutton will now have sole custody of her son, and she will also receive more money from her ex. Kyle finds it hard to give Sutton sympathy and sees that Sutton's behavior is a complete excuse, just like everything else when Dorit got robbed. Oh, my God, I couldn't get my designer my in design. today. I've been putting out fires all day. <laughs> right. I've been putting out fires all day. So to that, Sutton flips it and reverses it on Kyle by asking what is Kyle's excuse for essentially being an asshole? I mean, here's what the deflecting to quote, to quote Andy Cohen. Uh -huh. Here's what, um, I would have given Sutton more grace if she would have said, you know what, Kyle, I was off. I thought I was going to lose my son's custody, which is fair. I'm mm -hmm. being a you know, we're, yeah. I'm objective here. It's okay. fair that she's stressed over the fact that she might lose her kid. Yes. What is not fair is that she she could have said, you know what? I was very stressed. I drank too much. I was acting weird. Be and honest. The fact that I drank, the fact that I was, you know, was going to have possible different custodies, international custody right. with husband. Uh, yeah, I drank a little too much and that's what made me weird. But she omitted the fact that she was drinking. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't even know if it was alcohol or whatever. Like Kyle said, maybe whatever it was. Maybe yeah, it's your your leg medication. <laughs> <laughs> pills it's pills i don't know but that's why i said okay and it it would make sense if sutton would have said you know what i did i drank too much because i was stressed but she did right. it flips it around on kyle and says mm -hmm. you're be you're what's your problem what's going on with you yeah what's, what's going, going on with you, on with you? deflecting and so that's what pisses kyle off it's like stop implying shit and just say it but i don't want to jump ahead we'll keep going right okay so then Crystal tries to reel them back to the table and Sutton walks away from Kyle, thus shutting down the conversation. And Erica then says, where's our hostess? To which Sutton says, in denial about something. Oh, mm -hmm. I mean, when Kyle finally returns to the table, Crystal asks to clear the air, making things more uncomfortable. Kyle feels Sutton is making veiled threats, and Sutton reminds Kyle that Kyle made fun of something personal she shared with her. Kyle points out that Sutton never eats too much, or fair is fair. What do you think? Um, we didn't say it, but now we said it. That's what exactly. Camille should have said at that point. 
I think to now imply, I think, listen, Kyle was frustrated with Sutton. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make excuses. We are objective. I think mm-hmm. it was kind of a little bit of a low blow dig from Kyle to say, well, you never eat. Like now it was a little bit of you're an alcoholic. It was it, it gave me a little reminder of that. Yeah. Now Kim. it's like, well, you're an alcoholic yeah. or you drink too much or you're you're on pills and you right. now you now now you're implying that she has some sort of eating issue because mm-hmm. right. even in her confessional, which is filmed months later, Kyle still said, Well, instead of saying I shouldn't have said that, she goes, Well, she just moves it from one side to the other. It's like watching my kids eat. <laughs> right. So right. I think it was Kyle was now reacting instead of responding. Shout mm-hmm. out to Mar- Shout out to Meredith Marks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she reacted with, at that point, they were just yes. trying to hurt each other. So I think so, too. So it, that's why I was saying it was reminiscent of that night in the limo with her and Kim. He stole my goddamn house. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> You're an alcoholic. So Anne-Marie asks if something is going on and Garcelle takes one for Sutton and runs with it. She outright states that something may be going on in Kyle's marriage. And she asks Kyle, what's with a new wedding band? Sutton wonders why Kyle isn't wearing her wedding band and Garcelle asks if it was a makeup band like when your husband messes up and gets you a gift. Kyle lets the group know that she bought the ring for herself, but finally it clicks with her and she says, so what you're saying is that you think my husband cheated on me. Kyle reminds them that she told them this is not their best married year, so she feels like this is a low blow. Garcelle tries to focus on the real question, which is what is going on with your marriage, not who bought the ring. Kyle gets heated and tells Sutton that she can't afford to be depressed right now. But why? That's what we need to know. And that was one of the reasons she said that she couldn't drink anymore because no matter she had one glass of wine, 10 glasses of wine, she felt depressed the next day. So, and she can't afford it, but we need to know why. And it was to be continued. What's frustrating about Sutton is she is implying something is wrong and she won't just say it. Right. You know? And I think that's the difference is Kyle gets a lot of shit for um, address, but Kyle addresses mm-hmm. people to their face. You know what I mean? Like she has right. done At least it many she says times. It. She says it because Kyle has been on the show for 13 years now. She mm-hmm. knows that any implication yeah. is room for conversation and for speculation and so right um it goes back to when kim richard says let's talk about the husband you're (laughs) implying something there and so either don't imply it don't make veiled threats like that's what Mm -hmm. frustrating to even to the audience like we know what sutton is getting at but right that's what makes sutton a little bit of a weaker housewife to me it's like just fucking say it like if you're just say it yeah imply something just say it and stand firm with it and ca- challenge mm-hmm. it, whatever you want to do. But that's why Kyle is like pulling teeth to get it out of here because Kyle knows how this works. She knows that if she doesn't engage back and if she just stays quiet, mm-hmm. she's, it's going to feed into this narrative that sounds right. And right. so that's why I think my respect for Kyle was there because it's like, Kyle's like, I ain't got nothing to hide. Like, bring it on. Like, what are you trying to say? Right. And, and Kyle so is hundred percent sober too. So we know she's of a clear mind. Exactly. So, um, Somebody who was not sober is Denise Richards. And- oh, my God. Okay, and let me just say right now, I don't believe for one second the girl has only smoked weed twice in her life. That's a fucking lie. You're such a fucking liar, Camille. Exactly. Liar. I don't know what she, like the preview for next week, I saw mm-hmm. a little bit of a clip. 
it's going to be interesting to see what she's exactly like inebriated. Uh, she's like slurring her speech <laughs> and well, you know what I'm talking about. You know and what it's, I mean. It's almost sad to make fun of it because it's like, girl, what is wrong with you? And then everybody knows and they won't. That's the difference with like Beverly Hills mm-hmm. and like say Atlanta. Like Atlanta, they would just call it out to your face in front of everybody. Right. And Beverly Hills are always tiptoeing. They're always like, oh, do we say mm-hmm. it? Do we not? Who's going to say it? Who's going to be? That's why we need Teddy Mellencamp to come back and just call it out. Because that's what Teddy yeah. used to always do. She would Shout call out it Teddy. out. <laughs> she would call it out and she would address <laughs> it. And Teddy now would even do it even harder because she knows people are a bucket. She Definitely. She and don't send us hate mail because we like Teddy, please. Oh, please send, like her. please send me hate mail in the form of cash. <laughs> send all the hate mail to Mario, please. Not You're me. Like, I'll I can't take it. anymore. No, kidding. Exactly. But yeah, it's right, been a, so... it's, it was a solid episode. We get the, For sure. um, it, we'll get the continuation of this dinner next week. And I'm nervous for Denise because mm-hmm. I know that the fans are going to react the way fans react. And it's, uh, it'll be fun. For sure. <laughs> All right, let's take a short break for a second and we'll come back and we will cover Salt Lake City and Miami. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Ruby, we don't need you to welcome everybody back. Co-host Ruby. (laughs) You guys lay down. Lay down, dogs. I, I have them in with me every time I'm recording you guys and... They just, I can't help it. This is real life here. So they like to be with me. They bark. All right. So let's get down to it with Salt Lake. Yes. We start off the episode, Heather visiting Angie at Angie's home with those fabulous views. Heather tries to get some clarity on what the hell is going on with Monica. Oh, Heather. Angie thinks that the wagon (laughs) game was really what set Monica off and i'm like duh thank you dr obvious it refreshed my memory for a second with the wagon game because it was thanksgiving and i was half paying attention that week so so at the wagon game they did you know they did their little mormon party and right um, not to be that sounded condescending i apologize but they, they they did their mormon party and basically heather says at the table like oh if you had to push one person off your wagon who would you push off and Lisa Barlow says that she would push off Monica because Monica's the nastiest <laughs> to women and that set Monica off. But Heather is taking no accountability for that shady game. She thinks that Monica is actually just a ticking time bomb ready to explode. And to which I say, it's like, Heather, you're picking, pushing buttons and then get scared or react. Like, shut up. Like, you started this. Right. Um, but Take Heather, it if you're going to dish it out. Heather Gay thinks Monica has rapidly changing behaviors and she is now saying that she sees similarities to Jen Shaw. She says that she uh, gravitates to this dysfunction like a moth to a flame, and she's not trying to make the same mistakes again. It's like, girl, don't come. I mean, okay. Heather is now concerned. She's actually more concerned that her and Monica have planned this trip to um, Bermuda and that it might Mm -hmm. be Pioneer Day Part 2, to which I say, duh, you're on The Real Housewives. Um, Angie (laughs) recommends that Heather contact Monica and just try to clear any issues up within the group. Angie then mentions that she's not invited to Meredith's jewelry event, which shocking. Um, Heather will find <laughs> out. We'll talk to Monica at Meredith's event and find out if Monica can make it nice with one Lisa Barlow. Leslie, we need to get our. Um, we need to buy some matching Gucci shirts so we can look as ridiculous. Yeah, as definitely. Oh, Wait, do you hear the squeaking in the background or no? No. 
Okay, good. Chloe is okay. squeaking a toy. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. I was like, Go I was like, Whit Whitney and Justin were squeaking. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Uh, yes, we Justin need the matching Gucci shirts for next year's BravoCon. Can we do that? We have yes. to get those matching. I'll Gucci buy the fake ones. <laughs> And take a picture with Whitney and Justin. Yeah. Uh, Justin says that he would rather get couples therapy from Meredith and Seth, who always tend to side with him. How convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we get a sad update that Whitney shares from her friend Cherie is dying from cancer. Whitney then puts everything, you know, when somebody dies, it does put everything in perspective for a solid uh, two hours. Um, <laughs> because the problems that they're having with is nothing compared to what Cherie's dealing with. <laughs> right. Meredith joins Lisa at a cafe. Lisa compliments Meredith on her jewelry, very strategically so, because remember, Monica called it dusty. Or no, Angie mm -hmm. called it dusty right, Dusty season. So <laughs> Lisa Barlow knows how to do it, girl. Lisa could not believe how nasty Monica behaved. <laughs> Meredith wants to know if Lisa told Angie that Meredith threatened Angie, but Lisa said, well, it was implied. Meredith calls Lisa out because as they said that they were going to tell each other everything to their face. Meredith sees that the common issues with Lisa are disputes with Monica are the same as what she's having issues with Angie. So it's like, mm -hmm. have my back, girl. Right. But Lisa has no self-awareness to see where Meredith is coming from. Uh, zero. Lisa is claiming that she pumps the brakes with Monica. <laughs> Meredith, is, you know, she's really confused that Lisa did not pump the brakes with Angie and be loyal to Meredith. Meredith tells Lisa that karma comes back to haunt you. That's true, convinced. bitch. I am convinced that production is hitting that slow motion button whenever Meredith talks because she is just like, karma comes back to haunt you like i think i was like did my internet freeze like what's going on it's just anyway. like on some sedatives or something if they're not the humus humus the nastiness can live. don't get me started on the husband mary has monica come over now what's interesting in real time i'm going to break the fourth wall audience uh mary Mary was just at Kathy Hilton's Christmas party and mm -hmm. Mary was giving an interview and she let it slip either on purpose or just being Mary that those one-on-one -on -one scenes were actually just filmed. She said five, six weeks ago, we just finished yes. filming those because the audience loved me on the show. And so there wasn't enough Mary on the show. So they're like, uh Oh, we got to put some pickup scenes with Mary and the cast. This is why you randomly see Heather coming over. And now you mm -hmm. had Monica come over. And then Mary told one Teddy Mellencamp that Mary actually stopped being invited by production to events. She wasn't invited on vacation. I'm not shocked because Mary is not, has wants nothing to do with these women. So. Right. So what is she I mean, bringing so to why, it during why those would times? She be included? But yeah, I love that there, Mary was acting surprised that she wasn't invited. I'm like, girl. I'm not sure there's a McDonald's in Bermuda. Oh my God. There needs to be Ugh, a Big Mac would be great. I want today. some McDonald's right now. I know not sponsored. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, Mary has Monica come over. They talk about her son. Mary is very gracious. Mary felt like she's lost her mind around this group. Mary blames both Barlow and Monica for their issues. Mary tells Monica with uh, no self-awareness to not hold grudges and to just apologize sincerely, even if she does believe that Lisa Barlow is indeed wrinkly. <laughs> Monica tells the audience that she know that she appreciates Mary, but she knows Mary doesn't even take her own advice. Mm -hmm. uh, Angie then calls Whitney because we learned that Whitney uh, lost her friend Sherry, RIP Sherry. Whitney shared that Sherry came to her PRISM event despite being sick. So because Sherry went to her event, 
she's still going to show up for Meredith. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that Whitney's on payroll and she's going. That's not important. It's the point is she's going to be there and say, you know what, Sherry, you went to my event. I'm going to go to work. Mm-hmm. Good for you, mm-hmm. Whitney. No shade. A little shade. <laughs> Take it. Hey, God. John and Lisa are shopping for poor Jack at a missionary men's shop. Lisa is treating this like the fucking men's warehouse. I was cringing. Mm-hmm. The entire I know. She was so happy Jack- the suits were updated there. Those suits look like freaking Vegas they look suits. I was so getting, modern. I was getting BravoCon sequin flashbacks. Um, Jack tries to tell his mother that he needs to leave the nest just like she did. Lisa gets emotional thinking about Jack not being around for the holidays. Jack just <laughs> wants to be treated like an adult and not a kid anymore. Mm-hmm. Heather and Monica then meet up at the bar before Meredith's event to discuss if Monica's coming to Bermuda. Um, at first, she says she's not, and I started laughing because Monica's like, I actually am, but you're a bitch for not caring that I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. See, Monica is funny. That's what I don't get. It's like she's funny. She brings the fun, and she brings the shade, and so I – anyway, that just made me laugh. Uh, yes. Monica then says that the Pioneer Lunch was difficult for her, but let's keep it real. If there was mm-hmm. a free vacation, I'm going on that free vacation. Monica – I don't, you know, she apologized to Heather for letting her down. And Monica says she tries to be nice uh, uh, or more baseline as she referred to it. I didn't like that Monica apologized to Heather. Um, or I didn't like that Heather didn't apologize back because Heather's yeah. shady game is the one that caused all this. Right. But a part of me knows that Monica is probably being strategic in her apologies because she knows that she has to be on these ladies' good graces. Mm-hmm. Make- Listen, Monica is a freaking natural when it comes to housewife's energy like she knows what to do to keep the show he definitely does yes so good she's well well versed in housewives housewives. i don't care if it's whatever it's entertaining um meredith and seth arrive to the launch party whitney comes in and tells meredith that her friend died meredith is surprised that whitney still showed up after her friend died heather does comfort whitney over losing her friend lisa then comes over bearing gifts for heather and Whitney is irked that they are not for her since she told Barlow first before anybody about her friend passing. Mm-hmm. Whitney gets a little resentful that Lisa is acting like herself and is not being more attentive <laughs> to Whitney's feelings. Have you right. met Lisa Barlow? I mean, hello. Uh, yeah. Now, this next scene is with Monica and Lisa having their one-on-one. Lisa mm-hmm. or Monica does admit to Lisa that she fights dirty and that Lisa's a great mom. Lisa's Grinch smile was just ever present because she stands there enjoying monica's endless yep. apology at one point lisa even says wow you're really great at apologizing keep going <laughs> lisa then tells monica that jack is actually going to columbia and they bond over the fact that monica has colombian roots on her dad's side um again monica is a natural she knew that she had yeah. to apologize to lisa she knew that she had to kiss some ass she knew that she and that's how you keep the show going, girls. Like, of put course. your producer hat and remember, this is how you keep going. We don't want to see you having tea and being kumbaya. Exactly. We need to apologize and let's move on to the next scene. drama. Yes. Now, Lisa pulls Whitney aside to chat about her lunch with Meredith. Whitney tries to set boundaries and says she's at capacity. I can't deal with this. But Lisa could not fathom someone not wanting to listen to her. Like, hello. <laughs> Um, Monica pulls him away. She gives everybody Bermuda themes gifts because that's where mm-hmm. they're going. She's excited right. to go to Bermuda. Lisa 
again tries to talk to Whitney, but Whitney does not acknowledge her. Whitney then gets upset that Lisa ran straight to Heather with gifts without comforting Whitney first. Whitney, mm-hmm. it seems annoyed that Lisa and Heather are getting more friendly. Lisa then says, I can't always keep a mental calculator of what everything <laughs> is going on for everyone at all times. Oh, Whitney cannot understand how Lisa could not retain information she just told her the day before. Whitney tell Whitney decides to exit out and she tells Lisa, You only care about Lisa. The one thing Lisa hates about herself is facts because listen, we're four years in, girl. You mm-hmm. only care about your yeah, so no, Lisa that's could not completely tolerate. accurate. Lisa just cannot tolerate being called selfish and uncaring. She tells the producer she wants her mic pack off. She tells John, fuck <laughs> Whitney. Lisa cannot be labeled. You know what? Lisa will not tolerate being labeled anything other than Fendi or Chanel. Mm-hmm. So she is telling producers, no, you're not putting that off. Get it off me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my selfish. god! Why don't you stop talking so much? <laughs> so, I love a live. Uh, you know what? I love a Barlow meltdown. It was <sighs> delicious. But you know what? Now that um, I'm seeing why Lisa and Whitney are having a bit of a disconnect, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this makes yep. a little more sense. And seeing the previews for next week, where Heather flips on Whitney like a pancake and throws her under the bus, mm-hmm. and so. You know, me and you were boots on the ground at BravoCon. Whitney and Angie were together a lot, and Barlow and uh, Heather were like they. When I saw Barlow and Heather walk hand in hand at the Barlow Awards, I was oh like, "Oh my god!" I know. I was like, "Oh," but uh-huh. that's what keeps that's what keeps Salt Lake City interesting because these alliances are just always rotating. Oh, they're all so like see through. Like I can't they're, think of it, a better way to describe it right now. They're all fake because. Exactly. But to me, as fake as it might seem, there also seems to be like they're on the same page about it. Like it doesn't feel right. Fake. Like they're no, they're it doesn't very, feel fake, but they it's back and forth. Exactly. Like they're all very shallow women. They're all superficial. Mm-hmm. But that's why I always tell people, listen, Salt Lake City feels like a parody of what housewives should be like. Mm-hmm. They're all, they know what to do. They know what they're supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. And that's why I was disappointed in Heather Gay giving an interview saying she never wants to film with Monica again. That never works, Heather Gay. Like that's I know. Never, it's ever. like, really? Well, if they're going to hire her back, you're going to have to be on with her. So what's it going to be? And I'm sorry, Heather is not that strong on Salt Lake City for me to be like, no, I choose Heather uh-uh. over the newbie. Because no Monica way. just came in, breakout star. I am going to refrain from pulling the loyalty card with Monica because I haven't seen the last episodes. I don't know. No, and we've heard about like the lawsuit and that other stuff. So I can't be like, oh, she's an amazing person after I heard about some of the things she's done. But she does make a good housewife. Exactly. So far, you know, to like the queen icon legend Tamara just says, you're only as good as this week's episode. So far, I am riding with the new girl, Monica. Like, sorry, like, it is true yeah but you know we still have three four episodes left in the reunion so i may end up being like nope we need to fire her but the bar is very low but the fact that monica hasn't been arrested in real time how bad could have been yeah i guess it couldn't have been that bad because you're right i mean listen if she that listen jen shaw was arrested and that made me never forgive her but um i am gonna just 
I'm gonna keep watching. I'm I have one eye open with Monica, but yeah, so far we'll, she she's... we'll wait and see. So far, she has me on her side, but oh, Salt Lake City is delivering. It's giving. These girls are just serving every week. Okay, let's get to Miami. Uh, So we start off with three days before the fuck cancer party. Adriana, who must be suffering from hearing loss at this point, is still trying to help Julia to sing. Now, let's talk about (laughs) this for a minute, shall we? If you want to sing for somebody and you're not a singer and can't carry a tune, would you pick opera as your first choice? I would pick the fucking ABCs. Like, Mm -hmm. girl. Why did she just hire an opera singer? Yes, and there's this emotional layer that she's doing it because Martina did a lot of... um, She During treatment, she would listen to opera, right? Is that what it matters? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's cute and stuff, but girl... Now you're going to brew an opera for your wife. Like, right, exactly. She listened to, to relax her. Now it's going to like make her ears bleed, I feel like. <laughs> Anyhow, so we see, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys. We see Marisol and she's wearing an arm sling since she was dragged across the floor at the basketball game. And she has self-diagnosed herself with lots of broken bones, but has not been to a real doctor. I mean, okay, I have many broken bones. I have not had an x-ray. I have not spoken to a medical professional, but I have many broken bones. Steve comments on how stylish Marisol has blinged up her cast. And Kiki sporting Hermes slides comes over with a walker and she's ashamed of being a supermodel and falling to injury. I mean, can you imagine walking down like the runway in the highest shoes like ever and then falls on a basketball court and they all fell. I mean, that was pretty funny. Like I couldn't understand why they were falling like. I know. And none of these women, no shade, like I don't look at them and think, oh, they're athletic. Oh, athletes. Right. Exactly. No. So Marisol and Kiki discuss how the event went wrong. And Marisol thinks that Adriana started off the trip badly with her flatulence and pollution of the environment. I mean, to say the least. Kiki wants to understand why the long word flatulence is used to describe something as simple as a fart. And honestly, we think that's an excellent question. Very valid question. The English language is so convoluted. Like if we have the word... Fart, which is easy to spell, F-A-R-T. <laughs> Why are you going to be trying to be fancy and be like, oh, there's flatulence. Right, exactly. Oh, we should so, totally ask Heather Dubrow. Be like, Heather, why do you think we say flatulence instead of fart? You're you're a wordsmith. Yeah, she is a wordsmith. We should ask her that. So Kiki has not heard from Larsa, and she says she misses her friend. Kiki thinks since Larsa has been with Marcus that she has kind of ditched her friends which women often do, I feel like, um, in a new relationship. Mm-hmm. Alexia and Todd are meeting up in the Cole and Anthony for a cooking class, and Alexia gets tired quickly while having to knead the dough. Todd tells Anthony that he's appreciative that Anthony accepted his apology. And Alexia think it's, thinks it's weird that Martina's party is at Adriana's house. Nicole noticed that Todd and Alexia are not telling the same story about Todd's absence from the Horizons party, and Todd is also not attending Martina's party since he does not want to be around Adriana. Um, now, I'm fine with him not attending. What about you? What do you think? Well, I'm fine with him not attending too, but I think he's avoiding Adriana because he knows exactly what he said to her. And mm-hmm. 
Adriana had a Adriana had a witness and Lisa Hawksman, right. which I did not see coming. Lisa confirmed that yes, Todd said what he said. And so I think yep. that's why he's avoiding her. So right. off protest too much. And yep. by the way, I to me it's just comical or whatever the word is that Todd posted that long. I know we talked about his college already, but Todd did not want to get sued by that lawyer. I would not oh, mess with lawyers. Definitely not. Uh-uh. I would Remind not... me when we're not on the air to tell you something about Todd that I know. I love the <laughs> off the air conversation, guys. It's Sorry, so guys. Much fun. But I don't anyway. want to get sued and have to give Todd an apology letter. So <laughs> I'll tell Mario when we're not recording. Uh, anyway, so then we have Larsa and Marcus, and they're doing a podcast called Separation Anxiety. And Marcus they're talks. So, yeah, they so copied us. You know, they, I mean, they, they heard we were doing a podcast, and now uh-huh. all of a sudden, and they're like, Larsa, uh, oh, oh my god, we just, must do it too. It's just so pathetic. Everybody <laughs> has to have a podcast nowadays. Mm-hmm. We're so trailblazers. Oh my god! So Marcus talks about how everyone was curious about their relationship. Were they? Was everybody curious? I'm not sure. Uh, Larsa spent the holidays with his mom and Marcus, and and Marcus met her family. Larsa will not talk about Michael Jordan, though. Uh, That is really actually one person's name she definitely needs to keep out of her big mouth. Mm. Julia now is going with Adriana to get her first ketamine treatment for Adriana's issues with anxiety. And let me just like preface this by saying... I've heard a lot of amazing things about ketamine and it's really good for people with depression from what I've heard. Okay. They I've discuss heard that too. Yeah. Um, I've uh-huh. heard that it has too, to be but... under a doctor's um, you know, a doctor's supervision. I did ask my doctor friend, shout out to my doctor friend. She knows who she is. Um yes. she listens to this and she right. said that there's still not a lot of uh research to support it yet, but she hasn't written it off yet. So Okay, so once... right. Once there's enough features and I get her blessing, then we're going to have a ketamine party at Be Housewives about it. So, Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of positive things about it, um, but I know that it definitely has to be done under a doctor's presence. I'm not sure if I've seen anybody filmed doing it. Um, you know what is uh, good about my doctor friend? I mean, no, listen, <laughs> let me let me call her out. What good is having a doctor friend if she won't break her ethics and write me a freaking prescription for Ozempic? I am bed. <laughs> oh my God. So no, anyway. Yeah, this, this scene was a trip. Keep going. It was a trip. So they discuss the party setup and Julia decides to call Marisol. She invites Marisol to Martina's party while Adriana listens. And Marisol seems a game until she hears it's at Adriana's house. Marisol comes up with a medical exception and Adriana calls Julia gullible when she believes Marisol's excuse, who she sees as a bully. And the production shows several scenes at this point where Marisol goes after Adriana, but it was definitely not unprovoked. So Adriana arrives at the doctor's office and they tell her she is going to be seeing colors and she will have a psychedelic experience. Six minutes later, she's high as a kite floating and humming. Julia wants no part of this medication and does not need to use any hallucinogens. Adriana sobs while seeing her family who have passed, and she cries out about never getting to say goodbye to her dad. Julia, as expected, is a good friend and is there to comfort her while she expresses pain. So, I mean, it's not that I don't believe that she saw these things. 
Because I think you do see those things. I just felt like it was, I don't know how much acting it was. It was a trip. <laughs> I would listen. I was, was a lot. Shade, I was going to shade her publicly on Twitter, but I just reframed it. I, I assumed mm-hmm. positive intent. Right. And all I said was like, you know, sometimes a good belly sob works for grief. Right. Do we I hope that this? helped you. Exactly. All I can say is we hoped that helped you. And mm-hmm. you know, when you, ugh, I don't have kids, but you, I don't know if you can relate to this next sentence, but mm-hmm. you know, when you go, like I used to go to my niece's recitals and she would suck. And instead yeah. of saying, you, instead of saying you suck, you lead in with, oh, but did you have fun out there? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that. Was You're better so... than me. Yeah. I'll just be like, oh my God, you were amazing. Like I lie, like I lie to the house. No, That's just the only say, thing I'll lie about. Oh, did, did you have fun out there? Was it great? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. When somebody asked me how Shane from OC looks in person, cause you know, they always give him shit for, uh, mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, well. I, I remember I said, I'm like, well, he looks exactly how he looks on TV. I think exactly. that's one way yes. and, you know, take that from what you will. So let's move on before we keep segueing. Yes, we keep, <laughs> yeah, we definitely keep going off on tangents. So then we have Lisa and Jody and they're going to the formula one event. The previous year at that event, she ran into Larsa or she and Larsa ran into Lenny and his mistress at what was the club they were at? I know what it is, but I can't remember. Uh, Kiki, Marcus, and Larsa join them. And Kiki looks upset when Larsa is all over Marcus. And then Kiki tells Marcus she misses hanging out with Larsa. And you can see Larsa could actually care less about her friend. Um, Lisa mentions that she was with Gertie the previous day. And she asked Gertie about her health problem. And Gertie knew right away that Larsa ran her mouth since she was testing her loyalty. Larsa thinks Gertie should get over it and then sickeningly questions her drinking. Okay, that really pissed me off because we also had her questioning the cancer. How do you know? How do you know you have cancer? What do you mean? Who told you? First of all, your friend comes to you, whether you're at odds or not, and says they have cancer. Is the first thing you ask, who told you? A doctor, obviously, you dumb bitch. What? follow-up question is who told you it, i have never heard somebody say well who told you um Larsa and let me is, yeah go ahead no i'm sorry go ahead oh no you go ahead you go ahead go ahead i'm just so frustrated with larsa because she's doubling down i had heard now listen when you're journalists like me and leslie we hear rumblings <laughs> we hear gossip mm-hmm. before the airs we know what's coming sometimes right you know we just protect the integrity of the show and we don't spoil it all the time i mm-hmm. had heard that Larsa was going to double down. I had heard that she was yep. going to, and I just did not think it would be this chaotic. Now, the one interesting aspect is that I didn't understand why Gertie said that she was testing Larsa. I didn't like that either. And so I think I'm trying now. I Larsa doesn't have a great cognitive uh, intellectual abilities, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think she's... Um, that's why I think she was like, well, does she have cancer then? Was she just saying that to test me? I don't think she, and I'm not even I think she's insensitive me. as well yes, as a person. Very, I'm sorry, but. There was a big insensitivity for her to say, what does she mean? That Was she testing me? Was she like, mm-hmm. was she, I think that's what prompted her to say, well, does she even have cancer then? Like, was she just right. saying that to test me? Right. Like, because Larsa is really, really 
narcissistic. And so I think that she, it still was all about her, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So even when Gertie, when she heard Gertie was testing her, it's still all about Larsa. So that's what she's saying. Oh, well, what does she mean then? This is about me. Right. So I didn't understand Gertie's word choice when she said I was testing. I know, you know, my heart goes out to Gertie and what she went through, but, or what she's going through, but, um, I don't know why she would say I was. No, I didn't like that. She should have kept her mouth shut. I think Gertie should just have said, I'm upset that Larsa Larsa opened a mouth when I told her not to, if she would have not said that she was testing her, she would have come out looking way better than Larsa. The optics are going against Gertie uh-huh. saying, you know, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, but and but I digress. The drinking part, from what I know, from when like my mother in law had cancer, she found out, but then like, and not that she was like drinking all the time anyway, but you can't drink when you're having chemo. That I know, like, you're not supposed to do that, but I don't, I mean, she hadn't had anything yet. So her questioning that is like stupid. Yeah, it's saying it was very Larsa. So then we have Gertie and Russell and they're talking about Gertie's cancer and Gertie thinks that Larsa is sloppy by running her mouth and she had to release her own statement about her health and her version was actually beautifully written. Um, Julia is practicing her performance and we're all deaf at this point while we're watching. <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't. Alexia arrives solo, of course, and warmly greets Adriana. Gertie thanks Alexia for her call and text, and Alexia admits that she heard about the cancer from Larsa. Alexia thought that Larsa was concerned about Gertie, but her actions definitely say otherwise. Gertie thinks that Larsa needs to be corrected for sharing very personal news. Nicole then spills that Larsa was questioning Gertie's cancer and wonders if it's real, which we were just talking about, obviously. Uh, Martina arrives and she brought her sweet dog, Lulu, who was the one who accompanied her for all of her treatments. We know it wasn't Julia because at Mm. her last treatment, Julia didn't even know about that. No shade, no shade. Um, So the ladies wonder if Lisa is just fashion. Can you hear my dogs barking? No. Sorry, guys. So the ladies wonder if Lisa is just fashionably late as usual. And then we we then see headlines where Lisa was accused of bugging Lenny's car. My God. Larsa plants herself on the couch and pretends like she did nothing wrong. Upon hearing about Lisa, Gertie tries to shut down any talk about her. And she's clearly gunning for Larsa, who asks Gertie why she is so angry, which is clearly said to incite more anger. I mean, we always know that Larsa doubles down. She does it every time. I mean, Mm. so Larsa and her confessional says, you can snap at me once and snap at me twice, but at some point, you're going to wake up the sleeping bear. I don't even think that's the correct analogy. I I don't even know what that's supposed to mean, and I don't think anybody is scared of that. Yeah, no. Uh, So then they then call Lisa, and she tells them the police have just come to her house. And it's to be continued. Good Lord. Now, listen, every city, you know, you need an adversary. You need mm-hmm. a villain. You need yeah. everything. The difference yeah. with Larsa, though, is she's very Teresa coded where yes. they just double down. They don't apologize. They stick right. to their guns. No matter how wrong you tell them they are, they're not very smart. I think that's well, why it's different from a villain, like a strategic villain. Like yes. when you have a strategic villain like Kenya Moore who showed up with Kenya Moore hair curve marching band, when you uh-huh. showed up with like 
when Tamara Judge, she's a great villain. She knows how to strategize. Right. And, you know, that's the difference because they know they're doing it for the show. I think that's what's disappointing about Larsa is that there, there is no redeeming qualities at this point. It, well, like that's you, the problem. They remain likable. Exactly. And like and you love them still. I think that that's, that's why there's no redeeming qualities with Larsa at this point because yeah. she's not doing this for the show. Like this is just her that's character. That's her. Like she yeah. is. This is her. Just, this is right. her. And that's why it's disappointing because it's mm -hmm. like, girl, like you're, even if it's not your real life friend, like we know these girls aren't always friends and their coworkers, whatever. But right. if you know your coworker is going through something like cancer, cancer, yeah. where is like, that's why like Erica Jane's therapist told her, you can't really teach empathy. Like you either have it or you don't. And or you Eric, don't. And, yeah. And Larsa just has none. Doesn't have it. Yeah. It's kind I of, agree. It's, it's almost jarring a little bit. Like that's really out of touch and that's really tone deaf and it's um and she has kids just what four kids i don't understand also i mean if she was like a selfish person that didn't like you know have people she just, cared about in her life and only did things like for herself but she has a boyfriend and her family and her friends like how can she be so how does she just not care it's just yeah that's why it's it, oh it's gross almost and i keep hearing you heard it here first now it's only going to get worse for larsa the way it's mm -hmm. going to keep going so oh it'll get dark because it's you know this is when housewives tend to get dark sometimes because when it gets mm -hmm. something as deep as cancer like we're not talking about gossip we're not talking about somebody right. like this is cancer and gertie's cancer journey was very um you know she shared it and so right so for someone on your show to then do what Lars is doing question and then, it yeah and then double down is mm -hmm. so bizarre to me but I am I gonna watch every second of it absolutely oh. listen it's the doubling down that kills me because people yes. can be people do and say stupid things a lot but if somebody comes to you and says listen like you know you did this whatever at that point you should be like god I'm sorry like I didn't mean to hurt you even though what I said what you know what I'm saying like it just doesn't the doubling down is what kills me it it's very confusing but unsettling you know, it's yes. unsettling and i just uh, i know we're very early mm -hmm. into the season but i hope larsa goes to the reunion and says my bad girl my bad like something redeem yeah, yourself don't, don't count redeem. on it oh i know i'm not <laughs> i'm i won't bet money on it but oh my god yeah oh, hey, well what it's a, what a yeah week. what a week what a week uh so it's been another great episode and I don't know. It's been a great episode. It's been a great time for the cheese man, as we call it. And we thank you for waiting. We were a little later than usual, but you guys always wait and li listen. And yes. Uh, and thank you for like everybody. Yeah. Thank you for the people oh, that yes. like we made your Spotify wrapped. List. Oh my like, God. How did we not so start exciting. with that? When people sent us those screenshots and said, mm -hmm. oh, you were my top podcast or you were I my know. top. I was like, oh my god thanks guys cool. it is so fetch i'm gonna make fetch happen yes oh my god but yes but we will be back next week we have more drama this week with the girls as always so we are yeah being served four cities at once and we are taking it like champs girl <laughs> we are taking it like <laughs> all right you guys we will see you next week bye, bye. bye.